Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I lived in Minnesota, one of my regular tasks for the campus ministry where I was hired was serving as a host for confirmation retreats. The, the retreat was called Urban Plunge, and it involved introducing the youth who came mostly from suburban congregations to areas in the downtown neighborhood near the college where homelessness and poverty were prevalent. And the purpose was to introduce the youth to reflecting on some of the social factors that cause poverty, including the generational impacts of racism and prejudice and mental illness, and how these prejudices become internalized in cycles. The first evening of the retreat would take place in a small Lutheran church where the youth and the chaperones would stay and camp out in the basement. And my role was to give a tour of this old congregational building. And one of the features was telling the story of how, in 1917, the church had burned down and nothing was left. Not the pews, not the walls, not even timber floorboards, not even the cross. Nothing was left except for the round stone baptismal font, which had survived falling through the burned out timbers and made it intact in the cellar below. And this sort of miraculous plunge became obviously an occasion to talk about the meaning of baptism and about confirmation and the plunge that the youth were taking in their faith. And so this old congregation suddenly had a new sense of meaning as the city walls reverberated with the sound of the traffic around us, and we tried to relate what confirmation meant to the realities, the harsh realities of poverty in the city around us. The story of the baptismal font surviving the fire intact does suggest one way of understanding the life of baptism. Through any and all troubles and storms, disappointments and losses, through successes and joys and changes, through everything, the promises of God, God's steadfast love for you, will bear you up, will be a foundation for your life, will be what survives through the fire. But also this same image of the baptismal font miraculously surviving raises questions. Does faith in God mean Believing in divine, supernatural intervention in nature, as if the hand of God reached down and saved the baptismal font from breaking, or whether it was the granite that was firmly rooted in the physical reality of this world that survived. This is an important topic to address, and especially for denominations like ours that encourage opening the mind to all that scientific exploration of the world offers and bringing our whole lives, our minds and our spirits and our hearts to the pages of scripture. So this question also brings us to our scripture today of the disciples out in the boat rocked by waves, of Jesus walking toward them 
in a display of divine power over nature. And at the end of the passage, when Jesus comes into the boat, the disciples bow down and worship him, saying, you are the Son of God. And that connection between supernatural display of power and the disciples' confession of belief, it's that connection where we could bring in the 21st century our lenses of critical thinking and ask, well, is that at all possible for us today? That Jesus would walk upon the waves, that Peter would step out with him. I think when we look more closely at this story, the notion of faith that it offers us is something different than simply believing in a supernatural intervention as a sheer display of raw power. Because notice that even when Jesus is standing in front of Peter on the waves, and Peter has already stepped out onto the waves with Jesus, that Peter still doubts. Peter, who is the first disciple, Peter, who symbolizes for us the church, Peter, whose name means rock, Peter sinks, even with supernatural power right in front of his eyes. And the idea that what matters in faith is a belief in supernatural power is shown even within the Bible, even within this story, to be not what matters. And for us today to fix on the problem that we can't believe in walking upon the water is to miss the fact that the Bible itself is not suggesting that to follow Jesus is to evade reality or deny facts or to avoid the pain of the world. Because I think a much better clue for understanding this story is the waves and the boat. The word in Greek for the waves that are battering the boat, in our translation, it's battering. The same word in Greek is the word that means torment or torture. It's the feeling of agitation that comes from pain. And it's the same word when social outcasts afflicted with leprosy or oppressed or under the power of Caesar cry out to Jesus from their torment. And when they cry out, Jesus goes out to them. And the power of God's presence in Jesus moves out to them. And so it is with the waters. The waters around the boat are agitated. The waters in the boat are tormented. The waters around the boat evoke all the world that Jesus has brought the disciples out to see. And when Jesus comes to them, he comes not as a ghost or an apparition. No, he's offering the presence of God, the heart of God for this world in the pain of this world, facing it with courage and with love, with his own human body given for the sake of this world, baptized into the waters of this world. And when Peter steps out of the boat and joins Jesus in walking upon the water, he still doubts, and he still feels himself sinking. It's not the supernatural event of Jesus standing on the water that saves him, but the presence and word of Jesus that says, Take heart, I'm with you. For Jesus has taken on the suffering of this world and given for it Jesus' own life, the life of God, the power of God, not kept somehow above the world or harbored off in some reservoir, not just simply intervening and snapping about fingers to change everything, but poured out 
in determined, steadfast, patient love. Just as the baptism that we are baptized into turns us through the stories of God to this world. And Peter receives Jesus' word, take heart with openness and trust. Faith is joining our lives to the story of God's steadfast love for this world. It's the transfer out from the boat, out from whatever self-enclosed structures held under the power of our own fear, where we would take from this world and hoard it for our own. Instead, faith is hearing the word of Jesus, take heart. And in Jesus' word, the heart of God for this world draws us and all that we are into love and service that is rooted in God's love. And so for confirmants who are entering into adulthood, your whole minds, your whole lives, your whole selves, your love for the world and for learning and for science, for knowing all that there is through social studies and critical examination of the world, your talents to create and to make, to build, to lead, to discover, everything that you bring, you can bring into your faith. And you, like Peter, can even bring your doubts, can even bring your moments of honesty when you feel you are sinking. You can bring your cries for help. And the days when you are sinking, those are when Jesus' word will be even more true for you. Take heart. I am with you. We can bring the questions of our mind and the sorrows of our hearts, the weariness of our spirits, our fatigues, and our defeats. And Jesus' word is take heart, for the heart of God is for you and for this world. I mentioned at the beginning of my sermon that the youth ministry I did in Minnesota had this urban plunge youth retreat with the symbolism of the baptismal font that survived a fire and everything else in the church had burned to cinders. And the purpose of those retreats was to provide an opportunity for the youth of the congregation and for us adults who were a part of it to learn together more about poverty, to reflect on the structural effects of racism and prejudice, including the prejudices for those living with mental illness. And that was in Minnesota. And since the brutal murder of George Floyd at the hands of a white police officer on a Minnesota street, and since the streets there have erupted in rioting and fire in response to the impacts of violence on black and brown people, all of us, all of us live with the questions raised by the storms agitating our country and the cries of those lifted up from the streets and how we are called to respond from the shelter of our own boats. And the word of Jesus in the midst of the storm is indeed, take heart, I am with you. And where Jesus is, Jesus is drawing us toward the suffering of those crying out in this world, drawing us to step out of our boats, drawing us to live by faith and to join our lives to the story of God for this world. Jesus says, take heart. And in that word, we may find shelter and with ourselves, the cries of this world. Amen.